Yes, thank you, Jesus. I want to thank you that you loved us so much that you came and set us free and brought us into your kingdom for such a time as this. And we thank you, Father, that you are teaching us. It says that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. So, Father, I pray now, will you teach us by the power of your Holy Spirit? Will you correct us where we need correcting? Will you discipline us where we need discipline? And where you, Lord, will teach us how to be righteous through what you have done for us and in us, Jesus. Amen. I just want to do something. I want to pray for Gordon, Moira's uh, husband, who has just come out of hospital. Uh, I want to pray for a speedy recovery. Can I do that? So, Father, we just, we just lift up Gordon to you right now. And we just thank you, Father, that, uh, that your hand was upon that man's life. And we thank you, Father, for a speedy recovery that will be upon Gordon right now. And, Lord, we just ask you now to, to really put a, 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 the peace of God into that house that transcends any of their understanding to guard their hearts and their minds in you, Jesus. And we just pray, Lord, let Gordon be completely, completely healed in Jesus' name. That we thank you, Lord, because you're the God that answers prayer. It says when we ask anything in your name, your beautiful name of love and joy and peace, you're a good God and you're a faithful God. You are so gentle and you're so patient with us and you're full of self-control. So it's in that name that we pray this. Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen. Um, we had a great meeting yesterday. Totally off the cuff. Um, we came for a prayer and it turned out that we had just a a time of fellowship, just asking loads of questions. You know, people were saying things and you know, other people were interacting and you know, it just felt really good. It felt really homely. It felt like we had a home fire burning and uh, a lot of things were, were said. And, and one of the things that you know, really came out for me was the truth of healing, you know, the, the real truth. This is what we're after. This is what's coming for us. Do you know that when Je we sung about it, we just sung about the blood of Jesus setting us free. Free from what? From the wicked darkness of the works of Satan. He has set us free. And do you know what? You were bought, and I was bought at such a price. Weren't we, Angela? We were bought at such a price. So if we've been bought, who do we belong to? Jesus. So when any sickness comes on us, is that Jesus? No, we've been bought. We're his. So then it's an illegal attack. It's, Ill it's illegal. If we have been bought for such a price through the blood of Jesus, any attacks on our bodies is an illegal trespass. And if we have a trespass going through our house, what do we tell it to do? Get out. And this is what we have got to do with sickness. It's illegal. So we must tell it, command it. It's what Yusef was saying last week. Commanded in the name of Jesus, I am bought property. He holds the deeds of my life in heaven. So therefore, I should have not sent any sickness on me. So why do we tolerate it? We don't. We don't in this place. But we see in most churches a lot of people who are sick. But I've been bought as a price. So nothing, nothing can come against me. Nothing. When I am his perfect will, then nothing can come against me. And it doesn't mean that we don't go through trials and tribulations. We're guaranteed that as a Christian, that we're going to go through hardships. But you know what? The more I walk on this life in my faith and my love for Jesus, I just suddenly come to realise I know very little, little. The more I know, the less I know. Do you know what I mean? I can't stand here unless I'm standing here under the power of the Holy Spirit. I can't preach without having the power of the Holy Spirit enable me to. And, you know, and, and I, was, I was there and I was just praying and little Faith comes in and she comes and says, what are you doing? So I show what I'm doing. I'm praying, you know, that 
that I stand before the people and I preach his word. I preach what he wants me to preach, not what I feel that I should be preaching, but what he preached. He, he is telling me to preach. So I said, Faith, will you pray for me? So Faith comes up and she just starts praying for me to preach and to heal and to, you know, and it's out of the mouth of babes and children. You know, the truth comes in. So I felt, yes, now I feel strong. Now I'm anointed. You know, so I want you to realize, you know, because this, this fight that we are in is real. Is real. So we've got to get real and know who we're fighting for. Know what we're fighting for. Know where we're headed. And know who we are in Christ. He is our Redeemer. He is everything that we I can't heal a headache. But He can. Through me. As long as I remain faithful to Him. But you have got to know that you are a chosen generation. You are a chosen people. You are a special people. You have been saved like Jesus at the, uh, the, when, when, when the wine ran out in the wedding. He brought the best wine out last. You are the best wine. It's prophetic. You are the best wine that the Lord is going to bring out in the hardest time. This life is hard. To keep your eyes focused fully on Jesus is hard. There are many distractions out there that are trying to snare us. You can't switch on the television now without having something shot at you. You can't pick up a newspaper without something hitting you. But you are a chosen generation to change this. So Joshua, you are a Joshua spirit. There's a Joshua spirit on you that will fight the fight. And Thomas, you are in the fight. And Faith, you are in it. And you you know that you are in this fight. You have to know. It isn't just going to be us as the big adults. You will clear out hospitals. When you are so fully in love with him, he will fill us. He will fill us. And do not disqualify yourself. But the Lord is correcting us. The Lord is correcting us. The Lord is saying, this is in the way. I want it to be gone so that I can fully work through you because he wants to trust us. So we have to be led in the Spirit. If we're led in the Spirit as sons of God, then we will fulfill everything from that place into this place. Yes, do you follow me? So we're in a, we're in a series of talks. We're, I, want, I just want to be led by the Spirit. I don't want to be led by my feelings. My feelings will let me down. My feelings will lie to me. But that is where most of the church are at. I've just read an article that was written not by a Christian, but by a guy. If I mention this guy as this pastor's name, he's got the biggest church in America. Huge. He has the ear to the President of the United States. He's massive. And, and I showed Heidi this article. It's in, it's, it's in a magazine called The Week, which basically sums up all the news. You don't have to go. And I just, I, I like reading it. I like reading it. It's just me. Just keep you in touch. But this article was written, um, and it was over two pages. It wasn't just a short article. It was quite a long article. And this guy, when he was asked, you never preach about sin. You never preach about hell. You don't preach about any of that. Why? Why don't you preach about that? He says, do you know what his answer was? He said, because many of the people come in, burdened with all of this, and I, and I want them to walk out feeling good. And he's preaching to there are over two and a half million people channel into his uh, services. We need to be warning people. We need to be warning people. It's like what I said yesterday. If you see a child walking to a cliff edge that they're about to step over, what would you do? Shout. Ah, stop. Ah, just to scare them. To scare them away from the edge to know that they can turn around and come back to safety. And this is what the church has to do. We have to speak the truth. We have to speak the truth in love. <clears throat> and if I, you know, God willing, but if I get there, I'm going to show you <clears throat> that we have to speak the truth. 
Because we've got to be about the Father's business. We've got to be about the Father's business. And it will not make us popular. Do you know what, Ian? The Lord was speaking to me when, we were, when I was sat down there. And he said, the book that you're about to write, is you are going to be hated for it. You are going to be hated and despised by a lot of people for it. But the Lord says he wants the truth to get out there. It's the truth that he wants to be out there. And people will flock to that book. But there will be many that, you've got to be ready for it. You've got to be ready. This is not going to be received well by a group of some people. But it's going to be received by the true church in huge numbers. So, yeah, I just want... So, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll guard you back, mate. But, you know, you know the fact is that uh, you know, we've also got to be discerning. This is another part of the conversation that came out yesterday. We have got to be discerning what comes through that door. We've got to be discerning of who lays hands on us. We, we can't have just nearly anybody coming up to us and just laying their hands on. And gee, no. What happens if they're cursing you? What happens if they're, they're sent from the enemy? Do you know what's been on my mind all week is counter-surveillance. Do you know what counter-surveillance is? So counter-surveillance is, is that you want to get yourself into a position where you're not seen that you can survey without being seen. And you can also see who's surveying you. And I believe that the Lord is preparing a body of people that will have so much discernment, they will know immediately what is of the Lord and what isn't. But we, we were, we were, <laughs> we've been visited on at least two occasions within the last month from the other side. <sighs> and we've got to be discerning about who comes through that door. Are you for me or against me? That's what the Lord says. But I want you to know where you're headed. I want to use this scripture. I want to use two scriptures to get this across. From, from the Old Testament and the New Testament. Because most of the New Testaments are quoted from the Old Testament. And it says this in Deuteronomy 26 verse 18. Also today the Lord has proclaimed you to be his special people. You are his special people. Just as he promised you that you shall keep all of his commandments. We have gone away from the, the, the laws, the ordinance, the nature of God. We have gone completely away from it. And we have accepted a lot of what the world has come, you know, is throwing in us. Whereas God is saying, no, I want a body of people that will stand on my word that will not move to the left or the right, that their foreheads will be like flint, no matter how much they're hated, no matter how much they're going to be ridiculed, no matter how much the society says, you are completely and utterly wrong. No, I'd rather warn them. Warn them that if they continue down this way, it's leading to one, one road. But I want to do it in love, and that's what the Lord is hopefully going to teach me. But Titus 2, verse 14, who gave himself... For us, that we might, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, which is you and me. That's why he came. One of the reasons was to come and to come for a people, a special people that will know that of the season and the times that they were standing in today, just like the Israelites. When Moses stood before Pharaoh, he didn't say, let my people go so we can wander through the desert for 40 years and eventually go into the promised land. No, Moses was commanded to release those people. For why? What reason? So they can come and have a feast in the desert. They can hold a feast to the Lord and keep his commandments and have, and God will say, I will have a body, a special people. This is my tribe. The lowest of the low. These are my people. And just as much as he is saying it to us today, you are my people. You are my special ones. Why? This is going to mess with some people's heads. I want to quote from Matthew, Mark, and Luke. For the Son of God... All oh, right, okay. Matthew 16. 
Matthew 16, 27, 28. For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. Assuredly, I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. That will mess with your heads. Jesus is saying there are some people standing here around me that won't taste death until they see my second coming, where I come in all of my glory for my kingdom. Is this earth his kingdom? No. I don't think it is. Sorry. This this kingdom, this earth, is not his yet. Because as it is in heaven, is there sickness on earth? Yeah. Absolutely there is. Is there disease? Is there all of this? Yeah, absolutely there is. It's not his kingdom yet. But he will have a body of people that will establish his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. When they are led by the Spirit of God, they see it in heaven and they bring it down on earth. Lord, is it your will? My prayer has been, Lord, what is your, show me, Lord, your, your um, revelation on healing. And that whole thing about I'm, I'm a bought property. He holds my deeds up in heaven. And anything that comes on my body is an illegal trespass. That's the revelation. Because he's already healed. He's done it. He, by his stripes, we are healed. Not maybe. We are healed. So when we have sickness or disease come on our bodies, it's an illegal trespass. I rebuke you, Satan, because I have got no arthritis in my body because I have been bought at such a price. I have been redeemed by your blood. So I rebuke you, devil, for any arthritis that is in my body. And I command you in the name of Jesus, out! You are an illegal trespass. And this is what I'm trying to do. This is what I'm not trying. I am doing it. Because I want to walk and not grow weary. I want to run and not be faint. I want to be as fit as I possibly can be this side. I want to be like Joshua and Caleb. When Joshua and Caleb were 80 years old and Caleb turns around and says, I feel as strong as I am. (sighs) Give me the fight. Show me the giants. And I will slay. I will whack their heads off. Because I am a special people. Isn't that incredible? That some of us here, no, all of us here will not taste death. We will see the coming of the glory of God to come and take his place in his kingdom. Matthew, uh, Mark 9, verse 1. Assuredly, Mark 9, verse 1. And he said to them, this is Jesus, Assuredly I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death till they see the kingdom of God present with power. Present with power. There's that word again. Power. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to clear out the hospitals, to heal the sick. To, you know, we sung it. The first, hymn, the first song that we sung was that when the light, when Jesus walks in, the demons flee. Wouldn't you want every demon rattling its cage to get out of your presence? Let me out! Because you walk down the street. Wouldn't you want to walk? I mean, I know know a story um, of the son of a famous pastor. I can't remember his name. Uh, It'll come. Uh, Bethel. Pastor of Bethel. Bill Johnson. Bill Johnson's son. They decided to go down the mall, take some guitars with them, and they just said, let's just play play some... some good old, you know, worship music, you know. And, and so they just got a couple of the buddies, just started playing, and they were playing for about an hour. And then suddenly they noticed that people were walking along, taking drugs out of their pockets and throwing them on the ground and walking on them, looking, what have I just done? And then another person would walk along and then throw drugs on the floor. As they, why? Because they had opened up a portal of heaven come down. And therefore, if you are in that portal, (coughs) oh my word, you can't be having drugs in your pocket. You see what I mean? We have got to be presenting that in ourselves. 
preparing our bodies for this, that when we stand up to pray, to pray for our, our shopping, that the people around us will just stumble and fall. And then they'll get up changed. They'll get up changed. And they'll say, whatever you've got, I want it. Show me what you've got. I want it. And then you'll preach the kingdom to them. Because you are his special people. One of the things the Lord is putting on my heart is, is what I will preach in Australia. Really preach in Australia. One of Oh, right. Um, I've, been, I've been invited uh, to go with Neville, with Sadhu and Bruce Allen, um, to go and preach uh, at, a, at not, not a conference. It's not a conference. And I've been told it's no bars hold. You, you, you can't hold back. You're going to give it as it is. I'm going, Yahoo, that's me. I'm going to give it as it is. Because it's a training camp. It's to equip the body of Christ for these times that are coming. It's to equip us. And we're going, and Ian's coming with us, and we're going to go, and we're going to get it, we're going to bring it back. You know, and I, I just suddenly, you know, when I was meditating yesterday on, on uh, sorry, on Friday, meditating about what I was going to write down and preach on and all the rest of it, and I was meditating, and then the Lord started speaking to me. This is what I want you to preach on. I want you to preach on the power of the spirit of power and might and what that looks like because it's coming to us. It's coming to us. So therefore we have to know what was the spirit of power and might? What does it look like? What's it for? I had an experience on Monday where the Lord took me to a place on earth and I, sh I was shown some of the things that are going to come against us that are out of this world, literally. And they've been there for many years. And I even spoke to one of the guys that is going to be manning this things and he said you've got no chance he looked me in the eye and he says you've got no chance what's coming against you and I looked at this and I went wow wow is that wow and I just turned around and said well I'll tell you what we've got we've got him that's all we need because when Jesus comes back he isn't going to come back for a downtrodden people with their backs against the walls thinking where are you Jesus he's going to come back for a triumphant army a triumphant bride a bride that has conquered a bride that has overcome a bride that has, has defeated the works of the enemy and nothing can touch them it doesn't and it doesn't matter whether they you know we have a mark of the beast i want his mark from revelation on my forehead and my forearm I am marked for his causes. Amen. Not for my own, but for his. And this is what I love about Heidi and me, is that you know, God has brought us together, not so that we can have a nice little fun and all be lovey-dovey and all the rest, but for his purposes. Because together we're stronger. Together. I can't do this without my wife. And, I'm, you know, and, and some people are finding that, that if you're not married, you've got to have Jesus as your centre. He's got to be your number one. But you know, for those married couples here today, and some of you will get married, but for those married, you can't do this without your spouse. You were never created to do it without your spouse. Never. Don't give up on them. Don't give up on them. Luke 9, 27. But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who will not taste death till they see the kingdom of God if I was to say to you what does the kingdom of God look like what does it look like what does this kingdom look like because we know there's a king and his name is Jesus and that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Christ the Lord he is our king so if he's our king there must be a kingdom yes and if we you know in the Bible it's in just the New Testament, the word kingdom is mentioned 152 times in the New King James Version. 152 times. And Jesus mentions the kingdom 120 times. There's a number for you. 120. Oh, where do I know that number? Do your research. 120 times Jesus mentioned about the kingdom. So we've got to understand what this kingdom looks like. What is our rank in this kingdom? What is our order in this kingdom? You have a rank in the kingdom. 
And it's not just a squeaky little voice that you hope the devil will run. You've got power and authority to rule over all things. Even the very creation is crying out for the sons of God to be revealed. You are that person. So you should be rattling the cages of every demon that is in the room. You should be rattling the cages of every disease that is in somebody's body. You should be rattling the cages. And you should be able to say, out, in the name of Jesus, when you know your rank and authority. Do you know why a policeman can stand in the middle of the road, go like that, and he can stop a juggernaut? Why? Because he knows the authority that has. He's got a badge with an authority. Stop, in the name of the Queen. In the name of the Queen, stop. How much more have we got when we know our rank and authority in the name of Jesus? Stop and be gone. Yes, we're in a fight. But you've got to know your rank. You've got to know what's in you. You've got to know the authority that has been bought at such a high price to give you this rank. But we cannot be independent operators. We have got to be operating out of the kingdom principles, out of the kingdom rules. He will not tolerate anybody else operating independently. Because if you operate in independently of the Holy Spirit, you'll be given over to a demonic spirit. That will slightly twist the truth and allow the doctrine of Balaam in. Read about Balaam. He said, you can't, I, can't, I, can't, I can't curse these people, but I'll tell you how you can do it. You allow their women to marry their men and their men to marry these women and they will bring in the doctrines of their gods. This is what's happened to the church. We've, <laughs> we've allowed other things to overtake the truth that is in us. He is the truth. Jesus is the truth. And there are good kingdoms and there are bad kingdoms. And we know that there are two kingdoms that we are in, one of those kingdoms. It says in the word, it says in 1 John 5 verse 11, it says, therefore if anyone's in Christ, no, sorry, um, uh, this is the testimony, God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son of God has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. There's the gospel. There's the gospel. He who has the Son has life. I've got life. I've been bought. I am his special warrior. And so are you. You are a warrior for him. Not with warriors in, ooh, but a warrior. So take your stand, arm yourself. Get your sword in your hand. Get your shield polished. Know that Jesus is on the front of that shield so you can be recognized in that realm exactly who you represent. And there's only one banner that's going to be flying over us. And that's the name of Jesus. One banner. That's all I need. I need to see that banner up and I'll fight. Yes? So whose kingdom are you in? Kingdom of light or the kingdom of darkness? There is no sitting on a fence. You'll only get splinters in your bum. You need to be coming off fences. And you need to be standing in one thing or the other. There's no middle road in this. But one of the things that you will be asked is that you will have the king of kings stand before you and ask you a question. Do you know what that question will be? How much did you love? How much did you love? Love is the banner that will be over us. For God so loved us that he sent his one and only. He sent his best. And in this day, in this age, he is going to send his best out there. And we will have the banner of love over us. We will have the banner of Jesus over us, which is love. <coughs> See, if you want to know the reason that Jesus came, it tells us in the Bible. In 1 John 3, it says these words. John, 1 John 3, verse 8. He who sins is of the devil. That's pretty straightforward, isn't it? He who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God 
was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Now, if that is our king's manifest on earth, if that is what he has come for, and one of the works was destroyed, was sin. He would have a body of people that would be reconciled to the Father in heaven. That was one of the sin he had to destroy over us, so that we can now approach that throne with boldness, because we've been bought at such a price. You can't, you can't approach the, bold, the, the, the throne with tim, timidity. Oh, am I saved or will I live through? No, you've been bought as a price. So you can approach that throne with boldness. And I'm talking about a physical throne with a king sitting on it. And where is our rank in that? Well, we're seated right beside him. That's why we can approach the throne with boldness because we're going to hop on our little pedestal and sit right by him because that's our rank. And our rank is just slightly lower than the angel's. Slightly lower. But we can sit as close to Jesus or we can be in the outer darkness looking in to the light. Where do you want to be? I want to be as close to Jesus as possible. Forever and ever and ever. And what you do on this earth, whatever you do on this earth will determine where you spend eternity. You can be as close to Jesus as possible. Or you can be, as a Christian, in the outer darkness, looking in. I know where I want to be. I want to be in the thick of the fight, fighting for him. Don't you? Don't you want to get out the cobwebs and just blow them off and I'm ready for battle? Because the battle, I'm telling you, the battle is coming. By 2021, we're going to be in it. I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm predicting that. I'm prophesying. We are going to be, I believe, in the battle for this world in, by 2021. You're going to see the mark of the beast start coming out. You're going to start seeing people being forced to have the mark. But it won't be a force as in, I'm going to make you. It's if you don't have this, you won't be able to get any money out of the bank. And if you can't get any money out of the bank, how are you going to pay for your groceries? But he will be our provider, our Jehovah Jireh. If we position ourselves now and get ourselves ready physically, mentally, and spiritually, this is a now word. Get ready. Prepare yourself. When, we, when there's going to be shortages of food, and there is going to be an amazing shortage of food, when the banks start closing down, that you won't have to be able to carry money. So what are you going to buy it with? Absolutely. There you go. You don't buy it, you grow it. Start growing stuff. Start putting the odd tin of food away. Start preparing. Because when you have people without food, guess what will happen? We will bring whatever we have, our two tins and a loaf of bread, and he will multiply it. He will multiply it. We've got nothing to fear. He will provide it if we are going after his kingdom and his righteousness. And I'm going to come to that. But we've got to be living in the spirit realm. We've got to be doing things from the spirit. Not because it's a good idea, but it's God's idea. And therefore, we have got to be living in the spirit. Those that are led by the spirit of God are called sons. We cannot be operating out of our flesh, our soul, our feelings. It's not about that. This must be our job. Do you want to know what your job is? You want to destroy the works of the enemy. How do you do that? Well, Matthew 10, verse 7 and 8, tells us what we must do. As you go, wherever you go, whatever opportunity presents itself, you don't have to go looking. It will just present itself as you go. Preach, saying, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Who's it at hand with? It's in you. The kingdom of God is in you. Preach that the kingdom of God is at hand. (gasps) Ah, guess what? It's in me. Therefore, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, drive out demons, raise the dead, and teach others how to do it. Freely you received, freely to give. Teach others how to do it. And that is what your job is going to be. Your job is going to be teaching others how to do this. 
is to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, drive out demons, and then you're going to give it out and you're not going to charge a penny for it. Do not charge a penny. Because he has given it to you freely. Show me your ways, Father, so I may know you. And I may know your kingdom and your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth through me as it is in heaven. But Lord, I want to operate out of the spirit realm. I want to see that first and then bring it down. You cannot be operating out of your flesh. You're going to see two churches. One church is going to operate totally out of the flesh. And you're going to see one operating totally out of the spirit. That is going to, there's going to be no middle ground. No middle ground. I remember sitting with some pastors, and these pastors were telling me and Heidi, oh, we have been so blessed. You know, we've got no mortgage in our building, you know, and God has so blessed us. And I'm thinking, well, I must be doing something wrong because God isn't blessing us. We're poor here. We're renting a place. We haven't got our own place. But no, we're in his will. I'd rather be doing this than have no mortgage on a property. I'd rather battle hard. And I'd rather battle with you guys much more than having 500 people who are just filling pews. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> no, we're not. That's right, Joshua. We're not one of those churches. But this is what we must be about, the Father's business. We've got to be like the body of people that God had in hand in the time of Antiochus Epiphany. Where he says, but the people who know their God shall carry out great exploits and be strong. You are that people. We are about to enter in to an Antiochus Epiphany day when the Antichrist is about to arise and take his political position. This is why we've got to come out of Europe. I do not want to be tied into a demonic kingdom. The UK has got too much. Not too much. But we've got such a Christian heritage on this land. It's incredible. We're probably one of the only... The, the, we're probably one of the only countries that has followed the Christian faith from the beginning till now. Think about it. Look at the Christian heritage from the first century that was on this land. Can I challenge you to go and upload a thing called the Thin, the thin Places? The Thin Places. Please go and have a look at it. It's an American woman who's a worship leader, and it's, it's, it's pretty good. But she's telling us, Brits, what heritage we've got on this land. We cannot, we have got to come out of Europe. End of story. We're seeing 75 years ago of a bunch of people, young men, who gave their lives on five beaches, storming into Europe and taking Europe. And isn't it funny that we're now trying to get out of Europe? For what? Freedom. Freedom and democracy to be ruled by our own people, for our own people. But I believe that there is a separation of countries going on as we speak. And I believe that Great Britain is one of those countries, not for anything else, but to come out and stand for Jesus. Yeah. And they're talking about Boris Johnson being um, the Churchillian, you know, Churchill, like Churchill, in the darkest hour of Europe, coming, coming to the fore. They're already speaking like that. We've got to be praying that it's God's man or God's woman. Andrea Ledson, she's a born-again Christian. You know, doesn't mean that she's the right one, but I believe, do you know why I believe that you're seeing all these people vying for um, position of becoming the Prime Minister? They, a lot of them, 70% of them know they've got no chance. But what they're trying to do is they're positioning themselves for the Cabinet. I want to be in it with you. I want to totally be in it with you. Whoever are, we, we're, we're with you. We're, we're, we're not Remainers. You will not see a Remainer who has changed their vote to come out getting into this position. But you have a look at all those people. They're all Brexiteers. But we've got to be praying. And I've sent a letter. I hope some of you have signed the petition asking all of these nine candidates, what is your stand on abortion? 
Will you stand with Northern Ireland and not allow the South to come in and dictate to the North of Ireland about abortion? And I pray that it's a godly man, but I also pray it's, 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 it's God's man. It's God's man or woman. But seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first God in everything that we do. Seek him first and his righteousness. And if I have time, I'll get to that. And then everything's going to be all right. You don't have to worry about, you know, who's going to pay the bills, who's going to clothe you. If you have a look at the surrounding verses, and these things shall be added unto you. What things? Read the verses. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Look at the birds of the field. They don't store away in barns, but how much more worth are you than a bird in the field? Look at the Solomon, all of his splendor, wasn't dressed like the, fields of the, 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 the grass of the fields, which are here today and, and burnt tomorrow. So how much more? But if you seek me first, if you put me as your number one in your life, then don't worry about it and my righteousness. I'm going to speak about that. And my righteousness. Then I'll take care of it. And this is what Heidi and I have lived by. Lived. We know this verse. It's the one thing that set me free about worry, about bills and mortgages and all the rest. And we've never thanked God and we thank him. We thank him most days that we've got a roof over our head, that we've got clothes on our back, that we've got all these things added unto us. But Father, I'm going to seek you first. We seek him first and only him and his righteousness and if I was to ask you what does, that, what does that look like you know I hope some of you will be able to tell me what it looks like but here it is folks and Jesus this is uh, Matthew 4 verse 23 and Jesus went about all of Galilee teaching in their synagogues preaching the gospel of the kingdom the gospel of the kingdom and healing all of their sicknesses and all of their diseases among the people. It didn't say some, it said all. So how much more have we got now we're under a new covenant? The covenant not of bulls and heifers and goats, but the covenant of the blood of the Son of God. How much more have we got, Joshua? We've got everything. We've been bought for such a time as this. Luke 4, verse 43. And he said to them, this is Jesus, I must preach the kingdom of God to all the other cities because of this purpose I have been sent, to show the people that there is a kingdom out there that is worth pursuing. <coughs> but you must give yourself to this kingdom fully to see it. If you want to see it, you've got to be in the spirit to see the kingdom of God. And I'd say, Lord, give me some revelation. Give me some revelation. Lord, because it says that, you know, I must have all wisdom and understanding. Not just a partial wisdom. I can have the wisdom of you, Father. Because I am your son. I am your special one. It says, then Jesus answered him in, in John 5, 19. This is why I've been teaching that we've got to be operating out of the spirit realm. Not out of the physical. Not out of what we can see, but in the things that we can't see. It says these words, John 5, 19. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you. In other words, most assuredly, when you see that word, it's, you can bet your bottom dollar on this. Absolutely, this is guaranteed. Assuredly, I say to you, the Son of Man can do nothing himself, but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these, that you may marvel. For as the Father raised the dead and gives them life, even to the Son who gives life to all he wills. So if Jesus is operating out of that realm, we've got to operate out of that realm. I can only do what I see my Father doing. So Father... What do you want me to do tomorrow? Well, son, here it is. There's a guy that's been hoping for a touch from me for years. But he can't make it to this pool. 
He can't get in because he's crippled. I want you to go to a place called the Pool of Bethesda and I want you, son, to go up to that guy and I want you to say, get up and walk. That's what I want you to do. Is that all, Father? Yes. What about the rest of the sick? No. This is the one I want you to go to. Yes, Father. Wouldn't you like that? This is the person I'm... Do you know what? Jason, this week, wouldn't you like to hear this voice? Right, Jason, this week you're going to go down to uh, Barnstable. And in that place, when you book in, you're going to see a woman on the right-hand side of you that's in a wheelchair. I want you to speak to her in the name of Jesus. Get up and walk. And she gets up and walks. Wouldn't you want that? Do you want that? Let's start living out of that spirit. Father, show me. Show me your ways. Show me the things that you want me to do, and I'll do it. Even if it's a small thing, I'll go and do it. Because if it's a small thing, what Yusef was saying... He was saying that if we can be trusted with the little thing, then we'll have an increase. And if we can be trusted with that, we'll have another increase. And we can be trusted with that, we'll have a bigger increase. But I want to correct something. Um, not correct Yusef, but Yusef said something that he didn't realise. That when I you know, had a chat with him yesterday about it, he said, oh, I, didn't really, I didn't mean that at all. And I, I just want to correct this from the front. Um, when Yusef said, he said that uh, you can't pray for someone unless you've been healed. He didn't say that. He did say it, but he didn't mean that. He d- it's a big, big difference. So, you know, we're going to cut that out of the, the podcast. And we're going to cut out because he didn't mean to say that. English is not his first language. So, but, I, you know, when I, I listened to what he was saying, and I, stood, I want to stand by him. You know, and, but he didn't mean to say that. What he was saying was, you know, you've got to start with yourself. Start with yourself. You start believing for yourself that you can have healing for yourself. Start with you. And when it starts with you, ah, right now I can go out. Listen, my knee feels great. My knee feels really good. Really good. Absolutely. Why? Because the truth is in us. The word of God that became flesh is in us. It's in us. And you cannot hold back on this book. I'm telling you, Ian, you cannot hold back. You've got to speak the truth. Jesus answered, and this is Nicodemus, when he says, how do you get into the kingdom of God? And Jesus says these words in John 3, 3. Jesus answered him and said, most assuredly, there is that word again, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So here's my thought, right? See the kingdom of God. How many people want to see the kingdom of God? Amen. Do you know, and I've had people say to me, when I've said, you know, I've been to heaven and back. I've stood before the Lord in heaven, and I've had conversations with the Lord. And they quote to me, oh, but hang on a sec. It says in the Bible that those that see God will die. No, it doesn't say that in the Bible. If you go back to the original Aramaic, it says anybody that is not born again, I'm paraphrasing it, anybody that, anybody that is not righteous will die. But we've been made righteous through the blood of Jesus. So one thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of him and to inquire of him in his temple. That's where he resides, that we can inquire of him. Jesus, what do you want me to do? Son, this is what I want you to do. I want you to bar. This is where we've got to be operating on. Father, when I was praying at the back, Lord, do you want me to preach this? Because if you don't want me to preach it, then I'm not going to preach it. I'm not going to. He says, no, I want you to preach the kingdom. I want you to preach the kingdom and have the people understand that we're fighting for the kingdom of light, not the kingdom of darkness. You cannot allow any darkness coming into your life. And it's hard. It's really hard to live this life. But he knows it. But if your heart is to say, Lord, I want to live a pure life. I want to live an upright life. I want to live a life. This house, this house belongs to you. And if that is your heart's desire, God will answer that quicker than anything else. And he'll be able to make you, help you to make a stand on this. The smoking will not be a problem in Jesus' name. You are going to be an overcomer in this, Steve. You are going to be an overcomer. And then you're going to help others overcome. Because when you overcome something like this, you have authority over it. You have authority over it. Arthritis, I've battled against you. Now get out of this body in the name of Jesus. 
You have authority over it. You've got to know your rank. And you have the right hand of God. Just read Ephesians. Ephesians says he sits at the right hand of the Father. And then in the next chapter it says, and we sit right with him. Incredible. And that's where you've got to start from. Not where you hope you end. That's where you must start from. Seeing who you sat with. That's my question. You've got to know your position. You're sitting next to the King of Kings. This! We're going to destroy the works of the enemy, aren't we? Are we going to destroy the works of the enemy? We are going to destroy the works of the enemy. So when you see something that is unjust, you're going to bring justice into it. Where there's an illegal trespass, you're going to kick those little trespassers out in Jesus' name. It's coming. This is coming. And this is what we must preach and teach. Because we are an army of warriors. And we must arm ourselves with every bit of battle. Battle axe, sword, spear, whatever it is. Because we're going to lop some heads off of giants. Spiritual giants. You know, Noah, he killed the fathers of those giants but we're going to have to take on those spirits of those giants. Do you you understand me? They could kill it off bodily, but the spirits, they can't. Noah, yeah, in the flood, when he wiped out all of the Nephilim and the DNA of all the the fallen angels, you know, in in a bodily form, you know, and then suddenly, boom, their spirits left. We've got to take on those spirits. They're going to come again. They've been reserved for this time. And God will have a body of people. Maybe not you. You may be in the corral praying. You know, praying, you know, like, by, like um, when Aaron was holding and her were holding up uh, Abraham's arms. You're going to be holding up the arms of some people who are going to be the SES going in there. Lord, let them not be caught. Or you might be sent in to go and release captives across the other side of the world one night to go walk past all the guards and they won't see you. This is coming. You might be called in to go into a hospital and everybody will be healed and the morgues will be emptied. This is going to become commonplace. This isn't just going to be a wonder. This is going to be a marvel and you're going to be able to preach the kingdom. You're going to be able to preach the kingdom of God that is at hand. It is in you. But listen to this. This is a warning because I'm going to speak, you know, maybe not today. No, I won't do I mean, I, I, I will end now. I'll end on this. But because um, but, I want to take my time, I'm going to speak on righteousness. Righteousness. You know, because I've been bought at a price. I've been bought. And I have been made holy. I have been made righteous. Not by anything that I've done, apart from one thing, is saying, I love you, Jesus, and I need you. That is it. That is it. But I want to warn you, because we were talking about this yesterday, and this is the truth that we've got to stand on. I've got to be careful, so I'm not, I'm not going to say what I want to say. Um, I'm just trying to be wise. But this is what the Word says. Now, you can read this in 1 Corinthians, but you can also read it in Romans 1. Just read Romans 1. Because it says that people are now exchanging the natural causes of what they've been born for, for unnatural causes. A woman was made to give birth. Yes? Yes. Not to man. But a woman was made to give birth. So when a man and a woman come together in marriage, one of the things that God says is to have babies with a man and a woman. But when we leave those natural causes, we're in trouble. It's the ordinance of God. This is the way, and it's basically, do you know what it's called? And I'll say what it's called, it's called rebellion. And do you know how God deals with rebellion? Read in the book of Revelation. There were going to be 60-pound snowballs coming from heaven that are going to be hard and are going to flatten everything. 
Absolutely. They're going to flatten everything. They're going to flatten everything. And that's rebellion. That when we have killed and cut down and abused and misused this earth. God. But I want you to read this. Look, look. Do you know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. So what are they going to inherit? We've got to warn them. If you do not change your ways, this is what's going to happen. You may not believe me, but please, this is what's going to happen. I've just raised your mother from the dead so I could preach this to you. I've just healed your wife or your little baby, so I want you to listen. If you do not change your ways, this is what's going to happen. He who has the Son of God has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. You will have a second death, and you will not die from it. It will be eternal damnation in hell. Do you know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Most of the church are living in deception. Neither fornicators nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor relevers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. I think that that is pretty precise, don't you? Very clear. So don't have, you know, we're not just pointing out homosexuality. We're not just pointing that out. We're pointing all of these things out. That if you do not change your ways, if you might have a wrong thought, I want that and I'm going to do anything to get it off him. You're in one of these. Covetous. You won't inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But this is us. We were like this before we were washed. But you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. That's amazing, isn't it? That's amazing. This is it. We're his by the Spirit of God and in the name of Jesus. And God lives outside time. And he knew outside of time the decision that you would make. So you have been sanctified because of your decision that the Lord, and therefore he could build plans for you about about the decision that you would make. This is incredible, Jeremiah 29. So because of your decisions, God will put plans and purposes for you for this time. Plans not to, not to hurt you, but to prosper you. To give you that hope and that future that is in Christ. And this was given to us before the world was ever begun. It's incredible. By what he has done for us. Is it incredible? Yeah. We've got to know who we are in Christ. We've got to move in this spirit. So, Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your word that is truth. I thank you that, Father, that we are for your kingdom, that we are in the kingdom of light and not of the kingdom of darkness. And therefore, Lord, we have been sanctified. We have been justified. And now, Father, I pray now, give us your plans and your purposes for this time in each and every one of us. Plans, Lord, that will advance your kingdom. Plans that will bring your kingdom down on earth as it is in heaven. Plans, Lord, that will bring Jesus back early. That will bring Jesus back in all of his righteousness and all of his kingdom authority. But Lord, I pray, let us know the authority that is in us and on us. Because it is Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's Christ in us. And therefore, Father, I pray now, make that relevant for each and every one of us. That Jesus, you are in us. And therefore, we give you authority, Holy Spirit, to rule and reign in this body, to lead us, to direct us, so that we can inquire in your temple and find out your will be done on earth as it is in heaven when we seek you in your temple. Each and every one of us now, Lord, I pray, reignite the hope that you have given us. Reignite the true prophetic words that were spoken over us. Not the false. Father, I pray now, let the false be plucked out of us. Let the false be thrown in the bin. We want to be rooted in you and established in your ways. So Father, speak the truth in us. Teach us your ways so that we may know you and establish your kingdom. As we know more of your kingdom, let us bring it down on earth. 
And Father, I pray now, put people across our paths this next week and these next few months, that Lord, that we can speak about your kingdom to them. To heal the sick, to raise the dead, that we can preach the kingdom when that happens, but we can preach it anyway. And Lord, I pray now, protect us from the ways of Satan, from Satan wanting to come like a bird of the air to pluck this seed of destiny from us. Lord, we close him off in the name of your, of your son, Jesus. We bind him now in the name of Jesus. We say, Satan, you have got no jurisdiction on this property. This property is fenced in with the blood of Jesus. And we will not walk to the left or the right. And I'm predicting now, I'm prophesying over you that you will live out of Psalm 91. He that abides under the shadow of the Almighty shall rest under his shadow, shall be protected under his shadow, that no evil will befall you, that you will only watch from your house, that from your, you'll see a thousand fall at your left and ten thousand at your right, but it will not touch your house. And this is where we've got to pray from. So I thank you, Father, and I thank you for these people. Lord, keep us, bind us tighter together and let us take your kingdom. This is for you, Jesus. You will have a body of people that will establish your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen.